We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. In my head, I was like, well, it's not illegal to be attracted to someone. And then yeah. I was like, that is something Chris D'Elia would say. <laughs> hey, you got a little bit of James Franco energy there. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome back to Don't Tell Mom. My name is Hannah Dickinson. I'm here with Skylar Corby. How's it going? You You're know, tan. Am I tan? Yeah, you've got some color to you. I feel like I could have gone deeper with the tanning oil. I mean, that's always the regret, but... The day I was leaving, I was like, fuck. But, you know, I can always get a spray tan. Exactly. No one gives Now when you put the spray tan on top of it, then it's just like, oh, wow. It's the Lindsay Lohan from like 2006. Plus someone in New York who looks really tan in the winter. They're faking it. They're faking it. Yeah. So. It always gets noticed. Like we all want everyone else to be pale and like sallow looking and just sad. Yeah. I lived in LA, I guess for seven years and I was never tan. I just get bored tanning. Yeah. Like if I'm out in the sun, I'll always have like a weird tan because I'm wearing clothes and I'm not thinking about it. Yeah. But to sit there and tan is such a hot girl sport that I just don't have in me. I mean, I guess I could read a book, but. Even that's hard, though, like, because you have to flip over to keep yourself even. And then what do you do? That's always my problem. Like, where does the book go when I'm on my back? Yeah, but I wouldn't mind a book tan. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's where my book was. (laughs) Sorry, those are my pages. (laughs) Sorry, I'm a reader. (laughs) I can't. I don't know if you can tell by my stomach tan, but I love books. Yeah, so I'm not as tan as I want to be, but also, like, who cares? Who is? Right? Isn't heroin chic in? Is it back? I don't know. Did it ever leave? Yeah, exactly. Come on. Yeah, we, we can talk about body positivity for days, but yeah. let's let's get... <laughs> We're huge on it here. <laughs> I saw my friend from college. She was at the wedding, and she's really into procedures. <laughs> nice. I don't, I don't know how else to... She's really hot, but it was expensive. Yeah. And uh, she... She told me that she sees the Kardashians surgeon mm. and Haley Bieber's and they get their cheeks sucked out. What does that mean? So all the fat in your cheeks, mm-hmm. they get that sucked out for $5,000. How much do you really have in there? Though? It's not a lot. That's why it's only $5,000. I was like, oh, should I get that? What does that make? What does it do, though? It makes you look so skinny because if you look at their photos, they look like hollow skeletons. I just thought that was contour. Exactly. It's Naive. not. They mm. really get that shit sucked out. But the doctor said the problem is as you get older, 
you need that fat. Well, yeah, because the fat dissipates as you get older. Exactly. So you get older faster, but he's like, well, these girls have money and they aren't afraid to go age. under the knife. So yeah. they just pull it back or fix it. But I'm too old for it. Like I'm, I'm at the age where I'm going to start needing that fat. In my <laughs> I need all the fat in my face I can get. Yeah. It just plumps things up a little bit more. But Wait. after she told me that, I did spend an hour on Instagram like, holy shit. I was going to say, like, now I got to go and reassess everything. It's like a secret procedure, I guess. But it's funny. That's what it is. Like, what is the downtime? Because that's what I always think whenever you hear of someone that it's like, okay, clearly they've had a nose job, chin implants, all this stuff. Or is that just when you aren't like hearing from them when they go away for like two months? Is it because they're recovering from that? Because I can't imagine like, I don't feel like getting fat sucked out of your face is probably like that much downtime, but you've got to go away for a few days. Yeah, but think about it. When Kylie got pregnant, she had her Instagrams planned out true so they probably have their instagram on a schedule and if they're down for four days who's gonna know yeah i remember in college there was this a girl and she wasn't very nice she was actually very mean but it it was kind of sad because she was very insecure but she came from very rich parents she kept she always shot out of her league like she Mm -hmm. wasn't she wasn't unattractive but like she wasn't very attractive like Uh, we're all sevens here like no one you're fine you're yeah. you're in our sorority like just we're accept good. where you are yeah you're not a kappa i'm sorry you're mm-hmm. not neither am i and that's okay but she wanted to be like the hottest girl she just always was like i have to date guys in sigma chi or lambda because i was like those are like the hot frats like she's like i have to she one time dated a lamb the lambda chi chef mm. <laughs> So she could date. I'm not even fucking. Just like get herself in the door literally. <laughs> it kind of counts. Yeah. It, I mean, it does count. You know, he's got the letters. He's, yeah. He has to wear them in order to get into the door. Otherwise, security would be called <laughs> because he's not a student. And uh, how old was he? I think he was in his early 20s. Okay. But we were 19. So yeah. he, maybe it was mid 20s. Anyway, this girl, this sounds mean, but she was also very mean to people. So. So it's justified. She was just a bitch. Um, but, and I can't remember if it was before or after she dated the Lambda chef, but she asked a Lambda to our invite and she said, if he doesn't say yes, I'm going to get a nose job. Hmm. And then he didn't say yes, but she went on a ski trip Oh. and she came back trip. and apparently she fell on her nose oh and no. lost half of it. That's too bad. That's so realistic. <laughs> she came back with literally a new nose and was like, yeah, I went on a ski trip. And we were all like... Eh. No, you didn't. I ran into her at the gym. And she looked so different. And I was like, oh my god, you got a nose job. And she was like, what? Who told you? And I was like... Uh, you you your, did. Your face. By looking at me. <laughs> my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, no, I went on a ski trip. <laughs> Who told you? No. It's like, girl, <laughs> pick a side. <laughs> yeah, she was so flustered. She was like you know yeah digging yourself a hole but um wow. anyway that reminds me it's just thinking about girls getting their cheeks sucked out yeah you just gotta go and be like oh well i'm going on a retreat for a little bit yeah that's why there's so many retreats in la they're not actually going and doing anything they all just need to like get out of the way for a little bit or yeah. rehab honestly yeah i'm just gonna t- start telling people i go to rehab when i go under and they're yeah. gonna believe it i'm gonna be like relapsed <laughs> again <laughs> yeah can just you the perfect split the perfect plan well it's funny because i did lose 10 pounds in rehab and i came out and people were like oh my god what'd you do <laughs> if i was really just getting liposuction the whole time <laughs> you've created this elaborate story all these people that are like denying the fact that rape happens you're like well 
I know because I did that podcast, The Honeydew, last week, and people wrote, This is a fake story. And so I started getting very defensive on Instagram story, and then I deleted it because I was like, I don't need to defend myself. But it is so frustrating that it's always a fucking guy who's like, She's lying. Also, like, what an elaborate, and <laughs> we're talking about girls who are like, I went on a ski trip and got a nose <laughs> job, but like, it would be such an elaborate lie to like stage all that and then a like, very expensive one too like I'm like that's the most interactive one woman show I ever <laughs> performed <laughs> and for the majority I would say I, I did have a really nice response and a lot of people did respond on Instagram and it was really nice but um it's always easier to focus on the negative stuff especially when it's so fucking negative and so stupid like the good ones are always going to be the ones that all the women are coming out. They're like, yes, this happened to me. Thank you for talking about it. Thank you for making it easier to talk about. Like, that's the good stuff. But then it's always the assholes that need attention themselves that are, like, crying the deny thing. And it's like, that that's not what this is. But it's easier to get angry at those and focus on those than the other things. Because it is that much more frustrating. So um, this is a comedy podcast. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, I went to Cancun I booked it when I was drinking with my friend from growing up mm-hmm. and we booked five days. And if you're drinking, it's a lot to drink for five days, but it's still fun because mm-hmm. you can like factor in a break or something in there. Yeah. But when you're sober at a wedding in Cancun for five days and it's an all inclusive hotel, I kept calling it an all you can eat hotel because <laughs> I don't drink. And my friend from home goes, that's literally not what they're called at all. <laughs> You're thinking of a hometown buffet. Um, (laughs) For an all-inclusive resort, the food was good, Mm -hmm. but it was still bad. Yeah. All-inclusive resorts are proof why socialism will never work. I'm like, they need some incentive to make this. I mean, maybe if you were drinking, it would have tasted better. That's the thing. Everyone was like, isn't this food great? And I was like, you're fucking blacked out. (laughs) You have no idea. Lindsay, you're not even looking at the food. You're actually not even eating right now. You're just putting your fist in your mouth. <laughs> You're just laying on top of it and licking the bun of a burger. Yeah. <laughs> my uh, my brother went and he partied with everyone till 2 a.m. I was in bed by 11 every night because right. when people are drinking all day by like 8 p.m., everyone is in a blackout. Oh, yeah. They're not fun anymore. So my friend texted me because she stayed in a room with two of her friends from college and she goes, I think your brother was here last night. And I just walked in the bathroom and there's a box of Ritalin and a hot dog. <laughs> that's such a good name for a song (laughs) or maybe a podcast a box of ritalin and a hot dog dog. i was like can you please take a photo so that can be the cover art for my special but yeah my friends (laughs) a group of them took the day to go to tulum because we weren't that far from tulum and i was like can you smuggle me some margarita pizza please You know, some people are smuggling in drugs and I'm like, can you get like a, a fresh salad? Something. Nema fix. Yeah. I, have you ever stayed in all-inclusive? I haven't. No. Because with weddings, how it works. So my friends, they paid for their entire wedding. I was so impressed. It was such a nice, beautiful wedding. Um, but how that works is it's cheaper if you do an all-inclusive resort because everyone's paying for their own food. Right. So it's included. But it's still, I mean, they still paid a lot of money. Like yeah. they didn't, whatever. And um, my friend fired two wedding planners. She's like, I can do this my fucking self. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, she works at Amazon. She's like such a, everyone kept calling her a boss bitch, but I hate that term. Yeah. I was really impressed by the whole wedding and the fact that she planned the whole thing and paid, they paid for the whole thing was just. Yeah, that's awesome. They just primed everything in. Exactly. <laughs> Amazon delivers. Okay. 
it was a fun wedding, but I think day three in Cancun being sober, I had a hard time. Mm-hmm. And I, ha- I haven't felt like I wanted to drink since I got sober. Or I wanted a glass of wine. Let's let's be real here. But at this wedding, I was the most tempted. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> it's all you can eat, all you can drink. It's all inclusive. So I could have gone to a random bar and been like, give me a fucking shot. Yeah. But then I thought, that's so sad. Yeah, you're not, you don't want to do it there. You don't want that day, if that day ever comes, to be like, yeah, and I uh, really decided to make another life change by getting back on the wagon in fucking Cancun. <laughs> Yeah, you know, when you have to hide things from everyone, yeah, no. it's like... Then it's less fun. You want yeah. it to be fun. Yeah, plus I got my period, so I was like, well, I guess I'm not getting laid anyway, yeah. so... And also, there was a guy at the wedding who peed his pants twice during the reception. During the reception? Peed his pants twice. So, like... He had more outfit changes than the bride. I was gonna say, so he peed, walked away, changed, came back... Did it again. How? I mean, he was he was a goner. I mean, yeah, that's not a sober thing that happens unless you've got something else going on. But yeah, I mean, I've I've had a UTI where I peed my pants twice in a span of a day, but it was like a little bit of pee. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like a I've got to get new khakis. Yeah. <laughs> and he just like walk me through this. So he first time is peeing his pants. Well, I saw the first one and then the second one I didn't see, but everyone yeah. knew about it. I didn't really know him, so I couldn't really get the deets because I was like, who is this guy? You know, I didn't. I would have to ask one of his friends. Yeah. And at that, this point, that's probably not okay. Yeah. Wow. Well, mm-hmm. good for him for rallying after the first round, but. Yeah, you got to give it to someone who comes back mm-hmm. after this. Who had another outfit teed up for that, just in case. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is impressive. But at that point, when you just have diapers? Or like basketball shorts or something like you don't come back to impress that ship has sailed so then it like you can come back to that party after peeing your pants the first time wearing whatever you want and everyone's just kind of relieved like okay you want to think someone has it together enough but then if you pee them another time then it just proves everyone that you absolutely do not and you gotta go honestly the wedding the actual reception was the easiest to stay sober because we were dancing. Yeah. And I love, you know, me, oh, yeah. us, we're dance teamers. So you broke out a few moves. I love, I love a good dance floor. Yes. But the hardest part is when people are just standing around drinking. Yeah. Telling you jokes that are like, uh, that's just like not funny. Yeah. I think half the thing with weddings and people drinking as much as they do is there. Otherwise what you, even if you are dancing, like I can't be on a dance floor without something in my hand. I don't know what to do with my hands if I'm not holding at least something well yeah it's it was less like I think what made it so hard is that like every activity was meeting at a bar right that is tough and I also think it was tough because it was Cancun so we couldn't really leave the resort that much so it was like I was trapped I was I I felt like I had cabin fever and the food wasn't good every place we went to my friend would be like how is yours and I'd be like why are you asking yeah (laughs) you're asking because you know because we ordered a bunch of room service every night because we were just like, what else are we doing? And uh, I was like, oh, actually, this isn't that bad. And then I'm like, wait, is it not that bad? Or is this just day four? Yeah. <laughs> or the, is the bar just on the floor right now? And I'm hungry or not. My old roommate in L.A., she I haven't seen her in so long, but she would come to our room every night. And uh, she was like, oh, my God, the food here. I can't do it. And I was like, yeah, I know. I wonder how far McDonald's is. She's like 30 minutes. <laughs> It was like, just like, no, she was like 19 miles, 30 minutes. 
But it was a beautiful resort. It was a beautiful wedding. But it did make me want a boyfriend. Cancun itself or just? Just like we had a swim up pool outside our room and there were hammocks and it was just so romantic. And I was like, damn, I want to get fucked. Like, damn, get the fuck out of here. Right? <laughs> yeah. I'm like building a pillow barrier between <laughs> us. And by I building, I mean, she was building. <laughs> I was like trying to snuggle her. She's like, I have a boyfriend. <laughs> and I guess the wedding culture, too. I was yeah. like, ugh. It's a big romantic thing. I mean, especially when it's something like that. It's like the weekend, not just the day. Love is in the air. Love is literally all over the place. And... If I wanted to hook up with someone, I would have had to stay out past 11. And that just wasn't happening. No. wasn't in the cards. And again, it just feels weird when someone's drunk. We've talked about this. Like, what a, a, hey. Yeah. Their eyes are going in different directions. Yeah, you're like, hmm. This isn't going to work. It's also like, it's not, I feel like that's less cute. I feel like automatically when someone's more drunk, I'm like, there were a few guys that didn't seem that drunk, but it's also hard to tell. You don't want to risk it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't want to. I don't want to risk that. But there was one guy. And he was hitting on everyone. Like you could tell he was. He had a mission that weekend. Yeah. And I was like, dude, you just need to pick one. Yeah. Just pick. It'll a work. Yeah. You just gotta make us feel special for like two seconds. Make it feel like you're dating for three days. Yeah, or even an hour. Yeah. He was hitting on me, and I was kind of like, oh, no, not happening. And then he literally went over to Ray, like, she's right next to me, and he's hitting on her. And I'm like, dude, try a little harder with me, all right? You're going to go to my friend, right? Or at least move, like, eight feet away. Yeah, do a girl in the other corner of the dance floor. Yeah, don't pivot. It's weird. Yeah. When someone wants it so bad, it's like, I never thought that would bother me. It just feels too easy. Yeah. And I was like desperate, not (laughs) not desperate. Yeah, desperate, I guess is the word. And so during the ceremony, my friend goes, I saw you almost cry. And I was like, fuck off. (laughs) I did almost cry during the ceremony because my grandfather is sick right now. And during the ceremony, they played a voice recording from her grandfather. And he told this story about how this guy who worked at a church lied because he wanted to go golfing and he went golfing. And the angels or whatever were like, what should we do to punish him? And the punishment was that he got a hole in one and couldn't tell anyone. And so the whole lesson is that life is meaningless if you're alone. Then I was like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Grandpa going right in there. I was like, it's so true. (laughs) What am I doing? And I just looked at my brother and I was like, do you get it now? (laughs) (laughs) Did you hear the old man? (laughs) Yeah, literally. But... Yeah, weddings are tough. Yeah. Maybe I'll relapse at your wedding. Can't wait. <laughs> I hope so. Are you doing open bar? Of course. Yeah, I don't... I, I'm not doing favors, I don't think, because the favor is what, the open... What's the favor? Like, giving favors at a wedding. I think they're pointless. What are favors? Like, like party favors? Party favors. Like, uber traditional one is, like, giving out the little things of Jordan almonds or whatever they are. No one eats them. Those are gross. They're weird. No one likes them. I eat them. I mean... The I'm just kidding. most recent wedding we went to, everyone had like a Ferrero Rocher thing on their. Ooh, we like, got those plate. in our pillows every night. Oh yeah, I ate that before dinner even came, which was ideal. I'm like, good, I got your favor. Thank you for thanking me. It's gone now. I don't have to worry about taking it home because I've had other things where you like have to worry about packing it or figuring it out. I don't want that either. So my favor at my wedding is like five hours of open bar. Yeah, at this wedding, I was like, I guess I'm just never gonna have a wedding because. To ask someone to have a dry, to have a dry wedding. It's doable. No, I would, I would not subject people to that. I would never subject someone to a dry wedding. But then, you know, obviously 
my parents would pay for it but <laughs> yeah, come on. but I also feel like to have everyone be so hammered I, I guess I won't care because I'll be married and that's no, you'll all be happy you'll be riding that high all the attention is on you that day think of it that way I do stand up the attention's on me all the time <laughs> okay I love attention I have attention everywhere. try again Skylar yeah I just would you ever consider you being sober and still doing an open bar wedding or is that what you yeah mean? yeah no I would yeah. I would consider doing that asking someone to go to a dry wedding is like asking someone to go to a civil war reenactment <laughs> like what no like, i've heard I this i've seen this Ugh, i've seen this like, outfit what else are they gonna do the food is bad people are dying <laughs> every wedding i go to the food is bad and my friend was like that's a known thing i was like i I've, feel like i just have really low standards i don't think i've ever disliked the food at anybody's wedding yeah but i also realized that i'm just a brat and I'm not even rich. I'm not saying that. But like it would suck to be super rich because yeah. nothing is ever good enough. No, nothing. You're never impressed. I think about my old boss who was super, super rich and everything. Nothing was ever good enough. He complained about everything. He nitpicked everything. And I'm like, yeah, I think that's what happens when you get a lot of money. I think it is because you don't actually have real problems, but you either feel like you should or you're just bored. So you have to invent something. It, my friend described being on cocaine is that everything is boring, mm -hmm. which is the perfect description because you're so hopped up. Yeah. Like there's nothing, there's nothing exciting because you're so excited. And yeah. I think being rich is like everything sucks. Yeah. Like if you pay a ton of money and something still isn't great, you're like, well, I can't go much further. Like I can't go much more up from here. Yeah. It's kind of like taking a drug. You're, um, you build up a tolerance. Mm -hmm. So you're like, oh, this is shitty. Yeah. Not that I'm, and I'm not even rich, but I was, some people are like, oh, this food's so good. And I was like, that's because you're a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> it would be. <laughs> I bet you like that. <laughs> Should I cut that? No, that's funny, but maybe. <laughs> we need everyone on our side we can possibly get. Anyway. Uh, I mean, I think that about a lot of things with myself. I'm like, am I... Is, does this actually suck or did I just have things extremely good like with old jobs or anything like that? Same. Like, do yeah. these people suck or am I just, do I just not like working with people? I know. My ex-boyfriend, man. My yeah. college boyfriend. I really took it for granted. Yeah. It. <laughs> it. That. But I guess good to know. I guess it's good to have perspective like it that. Is. It is good to have the self-awareness to at least even think that to be like, huh, maybe I need to reevaluate. Yeah. Maybe won't change, but at least I'll think about it. Oh, I ended up going out with that guy. You did? I did. How was it? It was actually great. Really? He was so nice and just very attractive. I love that. And smart. See, we met on Tinder. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't decide why I was on Tinder. I feel like Hinge feels very like you're looking for a relationship. Mm -hmm. So when I go out with a guy and he doesn't call me, I'm like, it feels more of a rejection. <laughs> yeah. Whereas Tinder is low stakes. Low stakes. But I, I've i gone on two Tinder dates in the past like month. I've asked them both, why are you on Tinder? And he said it was because you see the craziest people on Tinder. There's people you won't even see on the streets. Right. You're like, where do you live? Um, and so when you meet someone or when you match with someone and start talking to someone who you might be interested in, it's like that more, much more exciting. Yeah. And I was like, that's a good point. Maybe I'll use that. And not because it feels like a grinder for straight people. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he has a point. Because if everyone's being ridiculous, when you come across a normal person, you're like, okay, 
Whereas I feel like everyone on the others are trying to be so normal and to your point, like trying to be serious that those are almost the ones that shoot themselves in the foot by starting off a conversation like, so what are you looking for? Like, it'll, you'll get there. I always had to tell people that in matchmaking because they would all go into first dates doing that or go on dating apps and just be like, well, I just wanted to save my own time. And be like, that's so interesting because you had to come to a matchmaker after being single for four years to save yourself all that time to still have this not work because you don't want to change your habits. Like, you're being a fucking psychopath. Stop it and just have a conversation. Dating is not that difficult. I know you think it is. And I know, like, going through all the things is difficult. But in terms of this guy's logic, which I actually like a lot... It's as difficult as you make it for yourself. If you don't go on every single date, it's not that hard. When you come across a person that's cool and normal and hot on Tinder who's thinking things through enough, he's probably also banging a few people, which is fine. Yeah. But like, so are you. I mean, I'm not, but not by like choice, right. but I, I would if I, you know what I mean? But it's you got to go in with the energy. Yeah, yeah. I go in with the energy. Like I could probably. Yeah. yeah. It's a choice. And honestly, the first date I went a couple weeks ago, it wasn't like we're not going to date, but and we didn't even kiss, but it wasn't bad. Yeah. Maybe because I'm just my expectations are so low. Um, but I assume people on Tinder want to like just like fuck. Yeah. Right. I mean, I always got that impression. But then I think there are the few that are like, well, let me just cast a really wide net and see who I come across. Yeah. Because then he uh, didn't try to kiss me. Hmm. And I was like, this is my bro. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Uh, but he, so he, we went for a drink and then got pizza and like hung out in the living room and I'm like, I need to get it. I got a couch. I already got a couch because these two chairs, this is like not hook up. You can't, you can't hook up. You can't hook up. I'm like friend zoning you as soon as you walk in the door. Yeah. I'm like, take a seat, buddy. Yeah. Or it's weird if you like do it. I don't know. It's weird either way. You either are sitting on top of each other in one of these. And then if you are sitting in the opposite ones, it feels like you're waiting for your mom to walk in so you don't want to get caught yeah it just feels i was like i gotta get a fucking couch <laughs> well because there was a moment where i thought we were gonna kiss and then he like went for a hug and i was like oh and then he left and i was like oh i might go on tinder though <laughs> wait Where's where else is there to go maybe he's just a good guy no he did he does seem like he's a nice guy and respectful <laughs> It threw me. It it, it threw me. Threw <laughs> it a lip. was out of left field. I, I, I'm not got, used to that. Yeah, I got my lips done last last week. Yeah. So they were just puckered, ready to go. <laughs> and uh, nothing hmm. to get a side hug. I was like, oof. Side hug sucks. Yeah. These are my expectations. I'm just like, he didn't try to finger me at the <laughs> restaurant. He hates me. What's going on? Yeah. I'm like, you're on Tinder and you didn't immediately. Lick like the my fact butthole. that you even went to a restaurant. A girl I was coming back from the wedding with, she was like, oh, do you have any dates this week? And uh, I was like, actually, I'm going out with this guy from Tinder. And she was like, oh, people still use that cesspool? And I was like, I know, right? <laughs> Same. Anyway, um, so I showed her him. She was like, I don't think this is a real person. Share your location with me. <laughs> so like, I don't know. It was one of those things where if I, if he didn't agree to meet at a restaurant, which a lot of guys on Tinder, like just come over. Yeah. You'd be like, no. Yeah, I'd be like, this guy has chains in his basement. Yeah. Yeah. Not even in his basement. And it's like third floor walk up. He's not yeah. hiding anything. You wouldn't hear my screams because all of his neighbors are screaming. Yeah. But yeah, I did get my lips done. How uh, was that? They don't like, I don't want to say they don't look different, but it's probably a good thing that they look like good. Thanks. But you don't look ridiculous. 
Thanks. Yeah, I uh, I just got a half a syringe, mm-hmm. and maybe it was a quarter. No, I think it was a half. Hmm. The receptionist was like, "Yeah, I got a full," and my boyfriend he thinks they're real. I'm like, he doesn't think they're real. He just he doesn't want to read just it. Doesn't care. But I was like, oh yeah, maybe I shouldn't tell people I got my lips done. But I'm like, it's kind of like the nose job thing. Like whatever. Who cares? Who cares? Like anything at this point. Like anybody comments on my hair, I'm like, yeah, it's not, it's not real. Anyone's like, oh, you look really tan. I'm like, yeah, that's also fake. Like, let's not try to pull the wool over anyone's eyes. Yeah. You really could though. You could go either way. It would either be one of those situations where you're like, yeah, I just got them done. And they look so good that everyone's like, holy shit, where'd you go? Like, you look great. Or you don't tell anyone and everyone's just like, huh, she looks nice. Like I talk about it on social media, but I wouldn't say it like on a date. It no. would be like these lips well, are fake. boys don't care anyway. But it, it was the most pain I've ever felt. Really? Yeah. They numb you for half an hour. Oh. And I was like, oh, it's like Botox, right? And the girl was like, no. And then she did the first and I was like, holy shit. What kind of pain? Like Because it's thick. Oh, yeah. You know, they're injecting shit in your lips. Yeah. It feels like a bee sting, but a bee sting that's taking a shit through their stinger so you can feel it you can feel it and it hurts and i was bleeding and i almost passed out and it's so funny everyone who works at because i had a botox woman in dc mm-hmm. who is very cold mm-hmm. even when she's trying to be nice it, it comes across as a little yeah cold but i want them to like me so it's always like an eastern european girl who's like she's always by the book no bullshit yeah emotionally like she's there to get it done they're Capricorns, right. no emotions. Yeah. So I could tell this woman she was like annoyed that I was taking up her room because I was about to pass out. Mm-hmm. Like, but she was trying to care. She's like, okay, uh, yeah, maybe we can put some ice on it. You'll be fine. You're gonna be fine. And I was like, yeah, I know. I, I was like, I just, I can't. I'm just feeling a little lightheaded. Ugh. It hurt. I was like, I can't imagine doing this every six months. No, I think that's the one thing that I. I don't think I'm ever going to dabble. There's a few things that I'm like, I'll give it a shot. But lips, I don't. And now hearing that it hurts, can't. So did you watch the new Sex in the City? Yes. Okay. What I don't understand is how does, um, who plays Charlotte? Kristen Davis. Why does her face look like that? I don't know. She looks like the Joker on the Upper East Side. She has like a weird, creepy smile now. That she didn't used to have. I thought I always thought she was the most beautiful one. I love Charlotte. But she looks like it's definitely cheek implants. She did something weird with her mouth and lips. Probably a chin thing. I don't know. It just it's a lot. Well, that's what scares me about getting lip injections is like eventually does it look like that? But then you see Kim Kardashian and she doesn't look like that. No. I also think it depends on like what your lips look like naturally. I think sometimes I think Kim Kardashian had like pretty good lips to begin with. So if you're just amping it's like when you already have like good b boobs and then if you get b's in there like it'll make your boobs bigger they'll look great but like you're not going to look ridiculous or unnatural i think if you already have pretty big lips you're fine i don't know that um kristen davis ever really did yeah i can't remember so i think she tried to make them like huge voluptuous lips and if that's not what you naturally have it looks fucking weird yeah they just look uneven and i'm like yeah it's it's just scary to see a rich person with bad face. Yeah. Because you're like, wait, what? you clearly paid for that. Yeah. And that can still happen. Like you hear about people going to bad. Yeah. You hear about people trying to get it through like a Groupon. You're like, all right, well, you did yeah. that to yourself. <laughs> yeah. You went to Jersey City. That's what your face is supposed to look like. Yeah. That was very because I just got my lips done and then I watched that episode. And I was like, holy Fuck. shit. What did you think of the show? Otherwise. 
I mean, aside from everyone's whole calling 911 thing, we won't waste time with that. I know that the writing on Normal Sex in the City wasn't fantastic. I thought the writing on Normal Sex is funny. At least the- I think it's it's definitely better than this. Also, was. why is there a fucking fly in my apartment? I'm embarrassed. It's coming at me because of the hairspray or something. Um, no, I like. I think the that was the first thing that jumped out at me. I'm like, the writing is not good. And it was just bothering me the entire time. Like certain jokes that I'm like, somebody sat there and an entire room was like, yeah, no, that's good. Put that in there. On this multi-million dollar show, you all agreed that that was the best you could do. Yeah. Like Miranda's whole character with the teacher. It's so embarrassing. So embarrassing. And like she was always so well put together and refined and all this different stuff. And I know part of it is supposed to be her like stumbling over this whole idea of being really PC and being an ally and saying all the right stuff. But... It's not like she was living under a rock or like living in the Midwest for the past 20 years. She's always lived in New York. Like there's certain things that just don't phase you or don't occur to you necessarily because we are so exposed to so much stuff that it was just weird to me that I'm like, so all of a sudden you like are tripping over all the stuff and saying all this super offensive. Because she moved to Brooklyn. (laughs) Yeah. Like come on, which honestly you would be even more exposed. There's even more like crazy shit there. Yeah, I know. It's like Miranda, you ran for governor didn't she yeah (laughs) was a governor you wonder why you lost right and so steve does can't hear they're acting like they're in their 70s yeah they're in their 50s yeah like late 50s early 60s he's like huh i can't hear and that's the whole joke and i'm like he's not that old no i think miranda's gonna be an alcoholic i think so too i call that out like after the second instance like when she went and got a glass of wine before class as soon as it happened a second time, I looked at Ryan. I'm like, she's that this is the theme. Like, she's going to become an alcoholic or is one, and they just haven't revealed it yet. Which, honestly, I've always said the fact that none of those Sex in the City bitches ended up in rehab pissed me off. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> they it, got the demographic or the statistics for breast cancer right, but it's like, come on, there's other stuff going on. Yeah, like herpes and rehab, what's going on? Yeah. So it's happening. I blame that show for both of my problems. Of course. <laughs> Don't we all? I was like, yeah, I can have six Cosmos and fuck a guy randomly. <laughs> and I'm still fabulous the next day. Yeah. Let me casually jog through a cobblestone street in four inch heels. No big deal. <laughs> so, yeah, I think she's going to be an alcoholic. Yeah, Everyone thinks sure. she's going to be a lesbian, but I was like, why? Because she's a lesbian in, in real, real life. life like, like, no. <laughs> come on. Who cares? We've also, they did that storyline already. With Samantha. With Samantha. Yeah. I also think her and Steve to be like, this whole time she was a lesbian it's like no yeah it's just not i don't i wouldn't buy it but i also don't buy that big would have died like that no so who knows i mean this show is pretty crazy someone on twitter was like oh you act like you hate it but you know you're gonna watch every episode and i was like yeah i fucking am gonna watch every episode i hate watching things i also love i love sex in the city yes so i'm gonna watch it till the end and and hope it gets better. I've also been following on Dumois for several months now, so I need to see all these shooting locations. Half of it is shot across, like around the corner from my apartment. Damn. So I would like to see those streets and be like, "Yep." For you, I will keep going to bars. So maybe when this whole Miranda plot line comes to light, I can be in the background there. I'm gonna go. To, I, yeah, I'm gonna go to bars too. That'll be why you relapse. But here's something I noticed, and it bothered me as soon as it happened. The day after Big dies. Like, remember when Carrie gets left at the altar in the movie? Yeah. And she's in bed for four days, and they're all trying to take care of her. It's this whole montage of her, like, not getting out of bed, not eating, all this stuff. And then she finally does. They're sitting outside, and Miranda and Samantha are, like, putting her life back together. Like, talking with the movers, talking to lawyers, doing all this stuff. And she's like, oh, you guys could rule the world. 
And then the next morning, Carrie is the one that's up at like six o'clock in the morning looking at funeral homes. I don't believe that. I think it just proves that a woman would much rather have her husband die (laughs) than reject her. (laughs) I mean, yes. But like... This isn't aligning with what we've already seen and what's happened. Like, Look, if you're going to ask me to be a divorcee or a widow, what do you think I'm going to pick, Skylar? I mean, you get a lot more pity from widow. I get it. But and you get a lot more life insurance, yeah, okay? So. Now she has a big-ass apartment. Yeah. And she's... Other thing, though. They show her at one point walking by the Peloton, like, afterwards. Would have been the first thing I threw away. If I had thought that I'm like, oh, this had anything to do with him dying, anything in that apartment that I thought had to do with him dying would be out. The Peloton would be on the street. Yeah, like when she in the movie, when she threw her phone into the ocean, she should have thrown the Peloton out the window. Yeah, you know they're up in a penthouse. That thing would have crashed immediately. It would have been great. Yeah, you're right. I just had so many problems with like continuity stuff or how like people actually react in those situations well at his funeral when that one girl was like does anyone else remember what a dick he was to her yeah i was like who invited that bitch yeah also like just you never say that out loud at, at the, the funeral like in the funeral sitting there in the funeral you would text it to someone you would say it while you're leaving at the end of the whole thing like getting in your car with your friend in the parking lot was she crying during this funeral no yeah i was gonna say because i think i would text that to someone if i noticed she wasn't crying yeah but to say that yeah to say that you never say it out loud and also what pisses me off about big dying is that we spent six seasons we (laughs) we spent (laughs) all of us but their relationship was so frustrating Mm -hmm. and we never got to see a payoff yeah of them together so then him dying i feel like jilted yeah i'm like like, just give us at least like two episodes of seeing them happy living their lives so then I can be shocked and really upset because him dying was kind of just like any other time he's left yeah but I guess they were like well they don't no one wants to see Charlotte date you know what I mean she was just like too eager a lot she needs it would have been Samantha or Carrie dating those are the only two people who date interesting people I mean I guess Miranda kind of dated interesting people but but they also had their whole dramatic thing like they broke up she and Steve already broke up yeah like there's just a lot of stuff that i feel like it was slim pickings for things to do on this show because they have done so much but it's also just like well you decided to make it so and you have like probably an unlimited budget so get creative yeah i just feel like they could have done something else besides kill big and i'm still waiting like i don't think this is going to happen just because they would have to be pulling the wool over everyone's eyes I would love it if Samantha actually did somehow come back and it's just the best kept secret. Yeah, but Kim Cattrall is a pretty bad actress. Oh, for sure. But like you need her on the show. Yeah, you do. But I just think the writing has gotten so much worse. I'm like, I don't I just like don't know if she could save the show. No, but then like we then they have to just drop the whole thing where Carrie's like texting her and she's. Yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. It's like, okay, we get it. Like, after a while, like, they've really leaned into the idea. It's like, and she just left us. I'm just like, I'm so upset by it, but I'm going to watch every episode and then have this really intense reaction every single week. I just, like, grew up with Sex and the City. Yeah. I watched it in high school. I w- wanted to move to New York because I love Sex and the City. And yeah. I know it's such a basic, dumb bitch show, but there's a reason why it's so popular. Like, yeah. every male character that comes into their life, I feel like one of my friends has dated. Exists. yeah. It's so crazy that however many, 25, 30 years later, it's still relevant. That's what I think is so amazing about the show. And then this reboot is like. 
it is just one of those things too. It's like I'm glad they made it because it's interesting to see characters from the early 2000s living in the now. I think everyone always has a thing where it's like, okay, well, what would the Friends characters be like in 2021 or anything like that? But at the same time, if you're not going to do it well, like I have a really big problem with a lot of reboots they're trying to do. Just kind of latching on to the idea that there's a ton of this like early 2000s nostalgia. So everyone's like, oh, well, let's see what they're going to do. It's like, okay, well, do it fucking well or don't do it. I'd much rather just invent in my head what Carrie would be doing. It bothers me when so much money is thrown at a show and nothing is, or anything really and it's not done properly because then it was just a waste of money. I would have just rather restarted season one. Yeah. Or do what Friends did and do like that reunion show thing. Kim Cattrall still wouldn't have shown up. That's fine. But take us on this whole behind the scenes journey and tell us all the shit we don't know. That's interesting. Yeah. And you don't have to listen to Sarah Jessica Parker try to act. I mean, yeah, I just want to hear about Sarah Jessica Parker's like personal life with her uh, yeah. Michael J. Is she what is it? Matthew Broderick. Matthew. Actually, that does fascinate me. I would love to hear what's like. So your wife was fake fucking people on camera for several years. One in particular, several times and pretty intense. How was that? Like, how'd you feel? <laughs> He's like, well, I'm Ferris Bueller. <laughs> Don't live really it care. off that high. I, didn't he cheat on her? Wasn't that like a thing at Did one he? point? I, there was like a rumor he that they were going to divorce. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. I mean, her body was, that's what also bothered me about the show is that she had such an insane body Yeah, and she never worked out yeah. and you would see her eating ice cream and drinking and, you know, going out to eat, every going out day. to eat all the time and just beg on naturally skinny, like throw it in there. Who cares? But give us something. No, but remember in the movie when Samantha got a gut, mm-hmm. quote unquote gut, and yeah. that they were like, oh God, and they looked at her stomach. I just remember when I saw that movie in the theaters, I was like, what does she have in her stomach? I don't see it. Yeah. Because I thought her body was still really good. Yes, because it was. <laughs> it was. It was probably her standing there. They're like, all right, Kim, like push it out a little bit for this scene. She's like, I am. And they're like, <laughs> fuck, all right. Let's just find a size smaller shirt and it'll look like it doesn't fit her. That photo of her with her gut would be like a photo I'd bring to a personal trainer and be like, can you make me look like this? So this is a good Let's day. Let's get here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's fucking disappointing, but... but um, we're we're going to watch it because... And they know that. Maybe that's the trick. They're like, fuck it. We don't have to make this that great. You idiots are going to watch the whole entire thing and talk about it incessantly for like three months. Um, I saw Licorice Pizza. Okay, I haven't. How was it? <laughs> I'm like, that movie needs to be called Nepotism because it was... Uh, you know, Seymour Hoffman's son. Yeah. And then the girl from Heim. Right? Heim. It's the whole Heim sisters are in it. They are? Okay. Yeah. And her parents are in it too. Okay. Well. And it's funny because they play a family, but it's the main Heim girl that's the main character. And my yeah. friend and I saw it together and he was like, do you think they all auditioned and they picked that Heim sister? Probably. I don't know their age like difference between all of them. So She was a really good actress. But so there's controversy around the movie because the main kid is mm-hmm. 15 and she's 25 and he hits on her mm-hmm. and they have this long relationship where nothing happens I think until he's 18 but they have like this romantic relationship and everyone's like this is so inappropriate blah 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 and I'm like well it's not illegal to be attracted to someone and yeah. then I was like that is something Chris D'Elia would say <laughs> <laughs> hey you got a little bit of James Franco energy there <laughs> well but also she didn't act on it and I was like that's why they made it a woman who's 25 and a guy who's 15 because he's pursuing her so hard the whole time yeah 
I thought the movie was good. It was just way too long. It was like over two hours. Mm. There was a scene with Bradley Cooper that I was like, this scene is so unnecessary. And I just feel like Bradley Cooper found out these people were doing a movie and he called and was like, I want to part, you know? Yeah. So there's like an ex- I still got my uh, American Hustle wardrobe somewhere in the back. I can pull that out. Yeah. I'm going to braid my hair and wear big sunglasses. If it was a half an hour shorter, I would have really liked it. Yeah. I didn't realize that was uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's son. I heard that the director, this is going in very deep, by the way. I heard that the director of Licorice Pizza is the same director that saw Philip Seymour Hoffman one of the last nights he was alive and allegedly might have encouraged him to like have a drink when he was sober. Like it was one of those things that were like out at a party or something. And he's like, hey, hey, like have a drink. He's like, no, no, I'm good. And he's like, no, come on, just one beer or something like that. And that one drink was what put him over the edge to then like a week later have overdose on heroin. I have no idea if that's true. Where did you hear that? I heard that from my boyfriend or whatever he is, who is a huge movie buff and like knows random shit, but it's typically correct. That's either something that somehow no one ever told Philip Seymour Hoffman's son or he was just like, fuck it, I'll be in a movie and it doesn't matter. And maybe there were other things at stake. So he like wrote this movie as a as an oopsie. Sorry. Well, so he's not very attractive. Well, the kid. neither was Philip Seymour Hoffman. My friend Dev and I were watching and he was like, yeah, he's like not hot, but like I like him, you know, he's like got this energy that's hot. And I was like, yeah, I know he kind of does. But I liked a redhead in high school. So like seeing a redhead in high school, I'm like, it brought me back to when I was in high school and I was like, I loved a redhead. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, he is so cute. And he's so charismatic. And then so yeah. finding out that's Philip Seymour Hoffman's son, I was like, oh, that makes, makes sense. Because yeah. he is very charismatic. Oh, super charismatic. He was an amazing actor and he was so charismatic and he was so, like he could do so much. I feel like genetically that would come through. Yeah. So it's, you know, if he got that part out of guilt or whatever, I do think he's a great actor. And I thought the Haim girl was a good actor, too. Yeah. I was surprised. Hmm. And she didn't wear a bra the whole film. That's inspiring that's something else i noticed but i feel like now people just nitpick because this was done in the 70s and everyone was like that's so inappropriate i'm like yeah but it's not like they had sex they only kissed in the end and i'm like i think he was 18 at that point or maybe seven whatever but he was pursuing her the whole time i just feel like people like to like make problems out of movies there was one part where they um it was also so random and so unnecessary but the actor did you ever watch great news Mm mm-hmm you know the guy in it who has like I think he's in Pleasantville too, the dad in Pleasantville. Oh, William H Macy. No, never mind. That's not him. Um, the actor John Michael Higgins. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in um, a lot of the what's it called? Pitch like Perfect. Best in Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things like that. Yeah. So he owns like a Japanese restaurant, and he always has a different Japanese wife because it's a story that takes place over years, mm-hmm. and he does this really bad racist asian accent mm. but then his wife would speak japanese and they'd be like okay what did she say and he's like i have no idea and that was the whole joke yeah and people were really upset by that for obvious reasons yeah. he, the director argued that he was making fun of white men in the 80s who or he was making fun of white men in the 70s and it wasn't making fun of asian people but it was a very it, i feel like if that's not clear the joke is not remotely funny it's just the you know what i think it was it wasn't funny enough it was just yeah. this random thing that and then they couldn't tell the wives apart the next time and i knew it was a different wife sitting there yeah i don't know it just it, like that was very very racist too so it wasn't yeah. just a white guy being racist it was also like everyone else and maybe it was like the 70s were racist but i just thought it was but it's like 
you want it to be very clear that you're making fun of the dad, not like undercover making fun of somebody else. Yeah, it was just like a lot going on. And I Mm -hmm. love Boogie Nights. Oh, yeah. So I was really excited to see it. But I I don't know. I just feel like when directors or writers and directors get really famous, they can they like to experiment and people are like, oh, this is going to be great. And then it's like, what the fuck is this? What were you doing? Okay, cool. It's like getting a little too overconfident. But even as an audience member, I was like, Mm -hmm. is this good? Like, it's kind of good. But is it good? It's kind of bad. Yeah. I couldn't tell. I was like, well, he knows what he knows kinda what's like good. like food in Cancun. I do love movies that are set in a different time period. Oh, I love like 70s movies in general when they're done really, really well. Like I love Dazed and Confused. It did make me sad for kids now that yeah. have cell phones. Yeah. Because it did seem so fun. The fact that they could just run around and do whatever and their parents like really couldn't control yeah, them because <laughs> there's no cell phone use. But I feel bad for kids with cell phones. You know what I thought about the other day too? Like mm-hmm. what, at what, does any kid believe in Santa anymore? <laughs> My dad always says GTS, Google that shit. Mm-hmm. There's no way a kid passed who has access to a keyboard. That there's no way a kid that can read and knows how to use Google can't figure anything out. Yeah. So that's so sad to me. Yeah. I think it could go either way. It's either... It's that much easier to access the truth or there are so many other things out there to keep it alive and to like legitimize it in some way. Santa probably has an entire website, I don't know, that we don't know about. And there are probably a ton of things out there and a ton of people pretending to be Santa, like good people, maybe a little creepy. So I feel like it could still happen just in a new way that we just have no concept of. Yeah, that's true. Like maybe someone's Googling it and it's kind of like when you WebMD something, you're like, it could be cancer. So like, yeah, Santa could not be real. Yeah. But like there's other proof that it's this good yeah. thing. Yeah, you're but right. Of course he exists because how would this happen and all this different stuff? Yeah, you're like right. Technology has probably beat us to this whole point. You know, I have Googled, is there a God multiple times and I, I still, I'm not sure. Yeah. There's evidence on both sides. You're yeah. right. He's got a Twitter, so. <laughs> that is true. Who follows me, by the way? Hey. I just want to say, um... But uh, the other day I Googled because my dandruff, I had huge white flakes. Mm -hmm. And so I Googled like huge white flake dandruff. And it was like, you probably have AIDS. Nice. So there was a week that I thought I had AIDS. I actually still haven't been tested, but my dandruff went down. So I think it was a temperature thing. And, you know, I'm not hating on AIDS because I have herpes. And, you know, it's hard to, you know, I hate when an std or any disease is a punchline but it is pretty it's a scary diagnosis yeah so i was like fuck man i've I've got the full roster if that were to be the way you found out too dandruff literally yeah how'd you know how'd you know you have aids uh yeah i couldn't wear black without the blue (laughs) couldn't really even that didn't help that's when i knew i mean seriously the connection between large white dandruff flakes i can't i've never heard that in my life yeah well have you googled what large white dandruff dandruff flakes no and it was a multiple i would websites. have just assumed psoriasis because i have that so do i but these these flakes were so big i was like these are like straight up like like your scalp is falling off. yeah and i was just wondering if i should switch shampoos is it something that i'm eating yeah i have aids <laughs> just right to, i mean i i appreciate webmd for getting right to the point for you well, my neighbor also, he's the only person I've slept with mm-hmm. and he's been really pulling back on me. It's always when he's, I can tell when he's dating someone because he doesn't classic, yeah. but I was, it was in that moment that I was like, oh my God, he gave me AIDS and that's why he's not talking to me. That's why <laughs> he, he knows he gave me AIDS and that's why he doesn't want to watch succession because he doesn't want to have to deal <laughs> to deal with it there. It's just, yeah, of course. 
so I just built this narrative in my head that I, I had AIDS and my neighbor gave it to me and nice. Anyway. Well, I'm glad that's not true. Yeah. Yeah. I just like switch shampoos. So all better. We're in the clear for now. (laughs) Anyway. Um, thanks for listening. Leave us a five-star review. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.